0: Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of the Beach Mind Podcast. i joined by Buzz Brockway and Scott Turner. Guys, Hello. good to see your faces. Uh, we're, we are we are a couple days late with the podcast this week. Uh, had to be. Had, we to, had to, be. to be. Had to be. There's a lot of stuff going on. Um, uh, and there's a lot of stuff going on in the world. Um, so on, um, what was it, Wednesday, uh, uh, Russia, Russia, uh, had invaded Ukraine um I think something that a lot of people didn't think was actually going to happen considering Russia had built up along the Ukrainian border for so long and, and hadn't really done anything um but uh, but now they have invaded a country that uh, for with no with no cause or reason whatsoever um and uh it, it does seem like the capital of Kiev uh, is probably going to fall within the next day or so. Uh, Russian forces are already inside the capital city, um, which means President Vlad- uh, Vladimir Zelensky, Z- excuse me, Zelensky is, um, <clears throat> I mean, he's staying there. Uh, and my uh, saw a tweet this morning that said, um, in which he apparently told uh, EU leaders that they, this may be the last time they see him alive. Um mm-hmm so things are certainly ominous and I think a lot of people are trying to figure out like what Putin's end goal is here. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think it's pretty clear. Um, one, one thing is pretty clear. We, we do seem to be on the brink of another world war um, mm-hmm. because if, if you look at what, if you look at what Putin is, is theoretically trying to do here, uh, he is, it seems like he is trying to build a buffer between Russia and the West uh, and that buffer, um, that buffer includes Ukraine, Belarus, uh, and the uh, Baltic states, um, mm-hmm. all of which right. are members of NATO. Right. And and uh, the United States has an article five responsibility mm-hmm. uh, to defend those countries if they are attacked. Article five says an attack on one and is an attack on all. Uh, and uh, if in, in President Biden, uh, is mobilizing some troops uh, to those, to those areas. Um, uh, and um, it, it certainly seems that uh, things are going to get very tense, or they're already very tense, but they're going to keep getting uh, yeah. more and more tense. So guys, I, I want to take a moment here to get your thoughts on on what's happening and, and what may very well happen here in the coming weeks and months.
1: Well, uh, I, th- I mean, I've been doing I've been do- reading a lot and there's a, there's a lot at play here. I, I think it's clear, Jason, you were wondering what Putin's intentions were. I, I think he's been signaling for a long time. He longs for what he considers the glory days of the Soviet empire. Of course, he's a former KGB agent. Um, and uh, I think that's he, he's been testing the waters for a while. <laughs> on What he can get away with, what he thinks, how far he thinks he can push things, and this is really a, an important moment. He he wa- he wants to rebuild the Soviet Empire, and you know whether that means territorial occupation or just uh, being a menace to the world, uh, you know that 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 remains to be seen. But uh, he, he's cozied up to China uh, right before the Olympics. Uh, China and Russia announced a. A partnership of course and then china uh, and then russia humiliated china in their own games by with a cheating scandal of 15 year old doping uh ice queen but uh um you know this this yeah we we shouldn't have been surprised and i think you know to to you know president biden had been taking an interesting tactic and that was loudly proclaiming what they thought was going to happen uh, as quickly as they got the information <clears throat> and it seems that the intelligence thus far that has been gathered has been spot on everything that everything that the President said here's what we're hearing they're going to do they've done. Uh, the timing was a little off and and perhaps announcing, uh, you know, I think it was uh, maybe I maybe have the time wrong, but. I think it was last week President was saying they're going to invade perhaps early as Wednesday it didn't happen Wednesday, but it happened, and uh, I, I think you know. President's coming under a lot of criticism. You know the, the the Trump forces are running around saying that, you know, and Trump himself is saying, "Well, this, if he was president, this never would have happened." We'll never know that. You, that's that's an unanswerable question. It's, it's it's a dumb thing to say. It's a it's a partisan political moment. And you know, um, you know, this is a time when we should rally around and support our president and pray that he makes the best decisions. This is a as Jason, as you said, this is a very very dangerous time. This could set things in motion that could spin out of control very quickly, and but at, at you know I, I know that our nation is weary of war, um, but uh, and, and and our troops have paid a price, a tremendous price over the last twenty years in fighting the war on terror, and and uh, I I do not want war I do not want American troops put in harm's way, but. Somebody has to stop this guy, and that somebody is us. We're the only There are only two nations on the earth that can stop him, and China is in, is in allegiance with Putin. We're the only nation in the in, in the world that has the capacity militarily to stand up to him. Our other allies will certainly help us, no doubt about that, and they have shed blood uh, in, in many, many wars just like our troops have. But somebody's going to have to stand up to this guy or he's just going to keep on rolling and then who knows what happens yeah scott do you want to weigh in
2: america doesn't get to choose when we go to war we are attacked our allies are attacked or our interests are attacked and then we go to war Mm -hmm. that's the pattern and it's holding here we have an interest in protecting a fledgling democracy from a raging dictator that's an interest for the american people whether we want to accept it or not if you're in america first type of republican then you need to seriously do some self-introspection about how allowing a brutal dictator like vladimir putin run wild and free and unchecked because that's not in your interest if you're an america first patriot it's not in your interest to allow this to go unchecked and that's all i have to say um you know go ahead
0: scott
2: well i was uh, just to add in 2015 tom taylor invited legislators from ukraine to georgia and i was proud to be the fourth signer in the resolution Mm -hmm. uh giving them this uh, a pat on the back and recognizing their efforts and bringing transparency and democracy back to the ukraine and uh i mean that was (laughs) that was 2015 i mean 10 years have not passed and it's already uh dying because of one man's (laughs) demented vision of the world and that's sad.
1: Just one more thing I, I want to add. If you haven't go go to YouTube, uh, President Zelensky of of Ukraine has given in, in Russian an impassioned speech. He's attempting to speak to the people of Russia because Putin won't talk to him anymore. And um, you know, talking about the pride that he has in his country and his all they want to do as as a nation of Ukraine is pursue their hopes and dreams. They don't view the Russian people as enemies. And uh, they, they, they just want to live in peace. And I, I, I commend to you to, to watch that video. It's, it's, it's very powerful.
0: A couple quick points before we move on to our next subject. The, the, um, the NATO countries are certainly aligned right now um, in, in a way they, they, they really hadn't been before. Um, however, there are a couple countries who, uh, who are posing some problems when it comes to certain sanctions. Um, Germany being one of the primary ones um one of those proposed sanctions is uh blocking russia from swift which is international financing and international uh banking um wow. and certainly the sanctions that president biden announced yesterday uh are are strong <clears throat> um but blocking russia from swift would would really double down on a lot of that uh but germany standing in the way is certainly a problem scott go ahead
2: germany's position here have, was cast when they decided to go into business with russia and their national gas you know and and donald trump for as much crap as he took at the time for calling germany out was absolutely right to do so and he pointed out to them you're you're sending you're sending you've become completely dependent upon russia for your natural gas and you're sending them billions of dollars in which they're going to use to beat you
0: up with which was a smart geopolitical move on Putin's part, and and
2: oh, yeah. you know, um, and yeah. so it's no wonder that Germany is being a problem. Yeah. And yeah. oh yeah, by the way, Donald Trump was right about something. Well, um, you know, I, and you got you got me to
1: say that.
0: So. Yeah, I, wanted, I I have I have a couple of points to add to because that was going to go into my next point, but Buzz, you you wanted to say something?
1: Well, I just wanted to say I think that's <clears throat> excuse me one criticism I have of of President Biden one and one thing I think he could do immediately is reverse course on his restrictions that he's placed on American energy production, uh, the pipeline that he canceled, the, the, the attempts to uh, stop drilling in various places. Uh, we're we're going to get crunched because uh, the whole world is going to get crunched economically because Russia is a big producer of, of, of natural oil and natural gas. So we, one way to mitigate that is for us to do the things that we have decided since President Biden took office to stop doing. And that can help mitigate that.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. I agree with you. And um, the other thing I was going to say, because both of you made points that I wholeheartedly agree with. And, and Scott, I think you were alluding to some of this. Um, yeah, I've seen um, various comments from, from conservative commentators, um, uh, Tucker Carlson uh who how fox news justifies keeping him on the air with his full-throated defense of Putin boggles my mind yeah. candace candace owens who is just a lemming when it's all said and done i mean she her tweet yesterday buzz i saw that you liked it when i when i tweeted out uh after she tweeted she said um, it may very well be that putin, after she defended putin she may she yeah. tweeted out something saying it may very well be that putin lied to the world and i said you don't say right <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> uh, and, and and then and then you know trump's comments uh, tuesday night uh, or yeah. tuesday on a radio show uh, or podcast where he basically he he was like praising like like gloating about putin calling him brilliant and genius and you know,
1: well, and I think some of Camp, uh, some of uh, uh, I'm sorry, getting names mixed up. Some of Trump's comments were out of context. It's typical Trump. He's very sloppy in how he speaks. Uh, I think he was he was trying to say that Putin. If you, I think if you take all of his context, his comments in context, he's trying to say that Putin has just outfoxed Biden. And as, and therefore, and he wouldn't have outfoxed right, that America is suffering because they didn't elect the wise and awesome Donald Trump. But I mean, Trump has Trump has always had this weird fascination with strongmen. And that is, you know, to your point, Jason, that is seeping into the right. And it's very scary. It really, really bothers me. Vladimir Putin is we should not emulate anything he's done. He has destroyed the free press. Uh, his people, uh, he is controlling the education system in his country to feed them propaganda, uh, and that's part of that's addressed in President Zelensky's uh, message that you're, that the Russian people are hearing lies. Uh, he, he's he's cre- he's attempting, and in 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 his large measure, been successful in cre- creating a propaganda state uh, for the glorification of himself, and that is nothing that any any freedom-loving person in the United States, left, right, or center should ever want to emulate. And the fact that there are, there are powerful figures on the right like Tucker Carlson who can't see that boggles my mind.
0: So what, the only other thing I'll say before we move on um, is uh, that propaganda machine, regardless of the context or not, Trump's comments are being played on Russian state TV. Absolutely, which is reportedly at least. But absolutely, uh, we need to get we need to get to Georgia politics. Uh, there is there is for <laughs> all we could talk about. We could spend the whole podcast talking about Ukraine and the the, yeah. precipice, the precipice that we're on with uh, you know a potential World War Three. Especially if Zelensky is is assassinated, that that could very well be a Franz uh, Archduke Franz Ferdinand uh, 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 moment. Uh, but. Yep. You know, we'll save that for another time um so uh here in georgia politics there has been uh, a lot going on uh in terms of both gubernatorial races congressional races senate races state legislative activity uh so the first thing up here is Stacey abrams apparently has a vote buying scheme so scott i will turn that over to you because i was driving all day yesterday so sure, yeah. i think sure yeah study the agenda so scott go ahead
2: yeah so um the agenda was published on wednesday and jason the the headline is jason didn't read the agenda here on friday's (laughs) live broadcast uh in advance but yes Stacey abrams has decided to invest in medical debt you know you you might have uh you might be familiar with the 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 hbo talk show host who did this where he went and bought a bunch of medical debt and then uh forgave the debt and so he changed some people's lives well over a hundred million dollars Stacey abrams has, has announced she's going to go buy some medical debt and, and it's very obvious she didn't say this out loud but the quiet part is she's buying votes um you know these people are going to know that stacy abrams and her organization bought their medical debt and forgave the medical debt now that's a um as a terrible thing awesome way to go do that stuff privately, unless you're actually trying to buy votes. If your if your intention is to help people, then you don't have to tell other people you're helping people.
0: Is she doing this through through Fair Fight Action, through your campaign, or as an individual? I'm curious.
2: Uh, it's through the, an organization. I don't know if it's Fair Fight Action, um, but it's through an organization. Well, if that
0: organization engages in any sort of uh, uh, express advocacy for a candidate, I would imagine that they're running. They're running. A foul of federal campaign finance
1: law. Yeah, yeah.
0: Not to mention state finance. State. Well, it could be a separate. Law, right.
2: All right. Yeah. So uh, this is from Newsweek. Uh, Abrams Pack wipes out two hundred twelve million in medical debt for one hundred eight thousand people in five states.
0: Is Georgia one of those states?
2: Uh, yes. One hundred eight thousand people in Georgia, wow. Arizona, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama.
0: That
2: is donated 1.34 million to the nonprofit organization Rip Medical Debt to clear debts that carried
1: a face value of 212 million. Okay. So her PAC donated, donated to a nonprofit, to a nonprofit that's going to forgive medical debt of people she's asking to vote for her.
2: Yes. Okay. The state where the most people received the debt payoff was Georgia, where 69,000 people had their medical bills paid.
0: I am very curious. I mean, I'm not making yeah. all- I'm not making an allegation here, but I am very curious the legal
2: situation Look, that presents. I, I I'll commend her for the charitable act. Oh, yeah.
1: Right? For I mean, sure. but, but 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 let's but, point out, Scott, this is this is she's taking other people's money to do this. She's not taking her own personal money. She's taking other people's money. And claiming credit for it, but yes, I mean, look, paying off medical medical debt is a huge problem for many, many, many people, and it's awesome that there is an organization out there that's that's collecting donations to address that. That's an awesome thing to do. But she's using political money to do that while she's running a political campaign.
2: Clearly, a vote buying scheme, in my opinion. I mean, it is as transparent as can be. If if it was truly a charitable project on her part she would not be publicizing it it would just been a donation that they made and oh yeah don't we're not going to mention it but the fact that she there was press and interest and she made sure everybody knew what she was doing and that sixty nine thousand people from georgia were going to be the beneficiaries of this in a year where she is running for governor it is a vote buying scheme plain and simple that's what it is i mean you're taking something that would have been a tremendous help and you're you're getting it tainted and and polluted, with politics, and that's a sad. It, uh, yeah. you know, it, it's sad.
1: Uh, well, there's that there's that old Georgia governor I forget his name who held barbecues all over the state of Georgia and, and invited everybody to come, and then he lost. And they asked him what happened, and he said, "Well, a bunch of people ate my barbecue and didn't vote for me." So that might be a situation where a bunch you know they might say, "Well, Stacey has paid off my debt, but I didn't vote for her." <laughs> um
0: so that leads me to my next thing so uh jen jordan uh has apparently given comments uh that it is uh it is uh, a black democrat probably can't win statewide buzz oh, you, 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 you saw this one right before we came well, on. yeah uh, this and, is and and I, I would i would just like to say that raphael warnock uh michael thurman and thurbert baker would like a word War- yeah, yeah. Exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah exactly yeah so uh, so this is from insider advantage you know they do their sinking boats uh, so I'll just read read the quote. All right. So State Senator Jen Jordan, Democrat Sandy Springs, claims that, quote, if you have to run a state run statewide and you're a black candidate, you ain't going to win. Probably that. Uh, so, um, um, you know, I'm assuming that's an accurate quote. Maybe there's some context. I would love to Senator have seen like her override, make that but... statement.
2: In Ebenezer Baptist Church.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: Right uh, in front of, of Senator Warnock. Yeah. I would love to have seen his his facial reaction <laughs> in the background as she stood at the pulpit and made that. It, statement.
1: He might be shocked to learn that uh, he has no chance. <laughs> I mean, that's,
0: that's obviously, I mean, that's obviously, you know, kind of aimed at Stacey Abrams losing in 2018 and her running again for re-election. And um, look, I mean, none of us can really say what's going to happen. Um, uh, in, in November, certainly the economic conditions the United States, particularly Georgia getting hit so hard with inflation, uh, you know, that certainly bodes ill for for Democrats, uh, at the oh. same time at the same time what's happening in Ukraine could be a boost to President Biden if he handles the situation correctly because I mean as you know, he may very well be if he is not already a wartime president. And voters have a tendency to stick by the president in power with, in, in, a, in a time of war. See two thousand two midterms. Yep. Um, and uh, that that said, uh, it, it's just a it's just a ludicrous statement. It's just a stupid well, comment. maybe
2: they're just trying to lower the bar and set expectations and point towards <laughs> racism as a reason why they lose um, come November. You know, maybe they're just setting. They're, they're plowing the field to, to <laughs> plant the seeds of racism as the reason why they lose, and not because they're completely and totally out of touch, and their agenda is out of touch with the average Georgian. Maybe yeah. that's what she's really doing.
0: Maybe so. Maybe <laughs> so. I don't know. Uh, I don't know, but. Listen, I've talked to Jen Jordan a lot. You know,
2: listen, I've talked to Senator Jordan. And, and i've had debates with her we debated uh i was on the pro second amendment side of a debate she was on the anti-second amendment side of that debate in front of the georgia bar association and i she said some things then that i thought wow she's supposed to be this really smart person but these things that she's saying she's not dumb but those things she's saying are sure, sure are dumb i would put this in that category you yeah. know that and it's it's sort of been it's, my uh, experience with her yeah um,
1: it's, it's what i th- i believe the the term is uh, a gaff, right yes it's a gaff for sure uh, categorized so, gaff. check
0: so someone needs to tell me why uh herschel walker is uh upset with both governor brian kemp and his primary opponent david Perdue because um i i don't i don't herschel
2: is not a stop the steal guy it turns out he Whoa. has made several comments recently uh, one at the Faith and Freedom Coalition lunch that Buzz and I were both at, where he said, we need to get beyond this last election and start talking about things that matter to Georgians and Americans. And he said, I'm mad at Brian Kemp and David Perdue for splitting the party over this last election. We've got to look forward and have an agenda that's going to appeal to people.
0: So I was Brian Kemp split the party.
2: <laughs> was, yeah, right. Or was it? Yeah, right. Wrong but, diagnosis there, Herschel. You, know, you know, I'm not going to split hairs, but it, 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 is, it is becoming more and more apparent that Herschel wants to move beyond the election in his campaign talking points. He has said this now multiple times that this is not something that is good for the party, that we need to look forward and some of his opponents have hit him on you know oh yeah you, you don't want to talk about the election well i'll talk about the election and it's not they're not gaining any traction because no. well he, they're not a uga heisman trophy winner so <laughs> right um, right th- i mean that's the real story there
1: what but- he needs to do what herschel needs to do is get um stetson bennett to endorse his campaign and then he's united <laughs> The entire, you know, the, the, he's connected the dots between 1980 and multiple generations. It's over.
0: I'm telling you right now, there are two people who could take out Stetson Bennett. One of them is age qualified. That, one's, that one is, uh, is Kirby Smart. Um, if he ran for U.S. Senate, he would win.
1: Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, and
0: he would be Herschel. <laughs> Uh, The other (laughs) one is if he was 30 years old and constitutionally qualified to be a United States Senator, it would be Stetson Bennett. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I I think he
2: loses the Georgia tech crowd though. I mean, I'm just saying. (laughs) Fair. fair.
0: Stetson Bennett, if you're watching this podcast and Lord knows you are, when you turn 30 or 25 for that matter, you could run for United States Congress or you could run for US Senate and you will get elected in a damn landslide.
2: Well, maybe he should run for the 10th. (laughs) <laughs> well,
0: everybody else is <laughs> there is actually so uh, there is actually some consolidation in the 10th um as as everyone knows we have a decade county resident again not prohibited in georgia but there is a DeKalb county resident running in a very rural district <clears throat> the 10th congressional district and it's being used against him surprising, absolutely no one. Uh, Of course, we are talking about snuggles. uh, There's one person,
1: two people surprised Vernon Jones and Donald Trump are are surprised by that.
0: Fair enough. Um, So uh, snuggles is, uh, is, is, uh, of course, he's getting Yeah, he's been endorsed by President Donald Trump, who is hosting a fundraiser for him. I I didn't read the fundraiser, I assume this is at uh, Mar-a-Lago, because God knows Trump never leaves his bunker. Um, But it does certainly seem that uh, that Voter or or politicians and endorsements uh, are coming in from the tenth, and there's a lot of consolidation, uh, or so it seems, behind Mike Collins, uh, who, for all intents and purposes, seems to be the front runner in in Georgia's tenth congressional district. So, um, am I in the tenth right now? No, I am not in the tenth right now. So (laughs) I had to ask Aaron. I'm in the fourth. Oh God.
2: Well, neither are several of the candidates who are running for the (laughs) tenth. So don't feel bad, Jason. (laughs)
1: <laughs> but, uh, but but yeah, Scott. you can you run, run but you can't vote for yourself that's yeah.
0: <laughs> fair, fair enough and neither can bernard Jones. uh <laughs> right. S- 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 scott you were the one who pointed this out uh, to us this week so yeah
2: so the, the the sledgehammer guy decided to call it quits you know he had a big matt fox Richard. news huh matt richards right matt that's richards it. and he endorsed mike collins so I, I think this is a pattern that should begin to form. I don't know Mike Collins. Uh, again, the only interaction I ever had with him was when he said that Donald Trump was the best president in his lifetime. And I said, you mispronounced Ronald Reagan. Um, but he he is doing well. He is hammering Vernon Jones at every opportunity. He We've talked about this uh, over the last several weeks. He goes into places and he says, anyone here want to have a DeKalb County person be your next congressman? Uh, raise your hand. And and, uh, in one room, there were zero hands and in the other, we saw one. And in the second room, Vernon Jones actually had to live through that himself and see it with his own eyes that these people who are Republican activists were not interested in having a person from DeKalb County represent them in the US Congress. That being said, there are still a lot of people out there and they're still clinging to the hope beyond hope that they're going to somehow make a runoff. I would encourage them to start doing a little soul searching um for the good of the party for the good of the country uh and maybe unite behind one of the front runners if you're if you're polling less than 10% in this race right now and the, a couple of those people are friends of mine if you're polling below 10% maybe it's time for you to go i mean we're 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 looking at a may 24th primary and it's february 25th as i say these words
1: you're yeah so i mean there's some other folks in there that we mentioned. Paul Brown, the former congressman, and you know friend friend of ours, a good guy, uh, you know, solid conservative voting record. Timothy Barr, who's uh, a you know good friend of ours, and um, has Tim has racked up a number of impressive endorsements, including Jody Heiss and Andrew Clyde and and others. So, uh, I, I mean, I think that I think those are the group that have a chance, along with Mike Collins. Uh, but yeah, I know Mike a little bit. I don't not just encountered him over the years. Um, and of course, when he ran uh, before and made a runoff, lost in a runoff to Jody Heiss, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Uh, but uh, he's a longtime businessman, obviously the son of uh, the the late great Matt Collins, who was a, a Congress, congressman from those parts for a long, long time. So um, it's, it's an interesting race, but I think, I think you're right, Scott, there's gonna be continue to be some consolidation, at least maybe not people dropping out but voters are going to start consolidating I think around a couple of candidates uh who they think have a shot to win and uh I mean I I just I just don't see Vernon Jones uh wouldn't shock me if Vernon Jones didn't even make the runoff honestly
0: I mean I kind of expected at this point and, and that was 2014 when when Collins lost the heist in the runoff mm-hmm. for that congressional uh that congressional yeah. race I actually was a moderator at a debate during that cycle between about 10 different candidates uh, out here, out <laughs> here in, in, in Newton County. Um, so, uh, but I think Collins has has a lot of name ID considering that he mm-hmm. ran before and then the 10th is uh, certainly has changed, but it's still large part the previous 10th congressional district. Yep. Um, I don't know exactly what
1: percent I, I think the, the big problem that to me that Vernon Jones has and why this was a really dumb idea. Culturally, it's a few miles away from DeKalb County it's just it's a different world it's it's you have crossed that divide between the world of Metro Atlanta and the world of the rest of Georgia when you go out in the 10th district and just running out there and saying I love Trump is is not going to be enough those folks want to know that you you know, do you where do you stand on these issues and do you have a track record of that and Vernon is very good at saying the pretty words but he has no track record of of supporting the issues that are important to people in the 10th district, and that's that's why he's going to f- fall flat on his face.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, so let me see what's next here. Uh, State Representative Terry England, Buzz ha- or not Buzz Scott, had a post on this. Um, yeah, uh, earlier this week, uh, State Representative Terry England is retiring uh, at the end of the year. Uh, so I know State Representative England. Has not been, uh, if I recall correctly, from reading Scott's post, has not been a uh, a great advocate of school choice, um, but uh, he, yeah, he is going to be leading the legislature. Scott, I'll let you take it. Uh,
2: well, I didn't write the post, but it is oh, on I'm sorry. there.
0: That's
2: <laughs> okay. the the uh, The biggest thing here is that I don't know that there's anybody who knows the state budget better mm-hmm. than. Terry England he's been the appropriation chairman for about what 10 years mm-hmm. um, and he he is the guy when it comes to the state budget he knows every line item of it when he gets up to speak he has some notes about the budget in front of him but uh, he speaks about you know their bullet points and but he flushes out when he does the budget presentation every year he flushes out every single one of them you know it's a bullet point to him and he goes but he explains why each item And it takes him a long time. They bring him bottles of water as a joke. They said, you know, because he takes a long time to go through the budget during budget presentations because he knows everything about it. Yeah. And that's a huge blow because I don't think there's anybody right now. And there could be somebody that could get up to speed like that. But as right now. There's nobody that could fill that void. Yeah. Um, And and uh, he is one of Speaker Ralston's Mm -hmm. closest friends, if not his closest friend. In the legislature and probably in real life, too. Um, you know, we do separate our legislative lives from our real lives, but I think they have a genuine connection. Those two guys were together when David Ralston challenged uh, Glenn Richardson for the, the gavel and, and stood with him when Ralston lost. And that type of loyalty that was forged, that baptism by fire, you know, they, they, they forged this connection, this friendship, this loyalty to one another that is pretty rare in politics yeah. and it has to be admired for not only its rarity, but for its genuineness and its sincerity. Yes. So that being said, uh, I, I don't know how this bodes, you know, in, in the post on peach pundit, the question is asked what's next. And I think it's a valid question. What's next, because there were the the group of people who stood with Ralston are largely gone. Yeah. You know, I don't know that there are any of them left after this year, uh, Richard Smith and, Terry England being the last of them. And Richard Smith has told a lot of folks that he's not coming back. So there, is there anybody left from those 15 or so people who stood with David Ralston and the majority keeps getting smaller. We're going to be down to 96, 97 seats next year. And so what's next for David Ralston is a, is a natural question because his inner circle continues to go away.
1: Yeah, I, I I served on the Appropriations Committee under Chairman England, and um, yeah, Scott, everything Scott said is right. He is he's very knowledgeable about the budget, and I, I think that's, I mean, I think the bigger deal, uh, you know, there are there are very talented people, Todd Jones comes to mind, I don't know if he would be, uh, but Not Todd Jones, did. I don't know that he gets it, but he's a guy who can very quickly pick up on, and there's others on that, Penny Houston knows the budget very, very well, but... You can repl- you can fill that position you can replace that position with a person who can do the job, but I think the bigger thing as Scott mentioned is, this is a, a, a big ally of speaker Ralston and I don't think you know. uh We know that I know, and there have been people who have wanted to retire and the speaker said, please hang on for one more term and and they do it, Uh so I think it's it's come to the point I don't know what happened I don't I'm not privy to those discussions but it's come to the point where the speaker has said okay I I get it you you need to go home and what people should understand being appropriations chair in the Senate as well but especially in the house because the budget originates in the house it's different it's not a 40 day a year job <laughs> no it's a, it's a year-round job I mean they mm-hmm. When the session ends, they may take a few weeks off, but then the budget staff and, and Chairman England will begin working again on the next budget and it, it doesn't stop. And so that uh, that can certainly be very exhausting. Uh, he's done it for a long time. And I certainly understand the reason that he would say, it's time for somebody else to step up and do this job because I want to go home and be with my wife and kids. And I wish him well, Terry's a, a good guy, an honest guy. He, he was always kind to me in the legislature and, um in one correction uh he, he he's come around on school choice okay uh and he he's he's been helpful i know we're going to talk a little bit about that later but he's been part of that evolution that is uh, that's happened a little bit in the house that is uh he's been helpful on those matters so uh in recent years yeah yeah so
0: the next time on the agenda which i correct me if i'm wrong here scott but is this an a uh, uh, uh sort of a, a nod towards your, your BFF, Candace Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus guns babies certainly and. sounds like a nod towards Car- uh, Candace Taylor. Uh, so, and, and Blair, and Blair, Blair Ers- Erskine. Yeah. Erskine, which uh, I don't get the reference at all.
2: Well, you know, funny you should say that. <laughs> I didn't know who Blair Erskine was until this week when she decided to make a, apparently, she... Is a writer and sometimes contributor to Jimmy Kimmel's show.
1: That's, I or think Martin. that's right. Yeah,
2: and, and so, so I don't watch too. Kimmel. Right. Yeah, same. I, I, I'm I'm in my 40s, so I don't watch Kimmel. Late um, night
1: TV is dead to me since since David Letterman quit being funny a few years before he retired so
2: yeah right
0: right around the time watched, that- i haven't watched late night tv since i was like a teenager so <laughs> right
2: i mean fallon's okay fallon's funny yeah he's funny but- okay but-
0: the, the, okay we're, we're gonna go back here for a second because fallon when he was on saturday night live ruined every single skit he was ever in because he couldn't <laughs> stop laughing
2: but that was what was funny about it, it, was no, like it- he's a real dude it shouldn't have been there in the middle of all that stuff and that was what was funny i
1: can't a few ex- funny things but late night tv is just, it's not it's nowhere near what it was i mean yeah kimmel is awful uh stephen colbert i mean good green spirited colbert's yeah i've never
2: watched colbert he's just but, uh, mean-spirited
0: but i, I will
2: say Conan was a
1: funny guy and now he's gone too
0: conan was funny but fallon is is uh is the antichrist but go ahead scott
1: <laughs> well, of of my options
2: for late night TV, I choose Fortnite. Um <clears throat> that you being said 12? Yes, yeah. Yeah. Uh so <laughs> but that being said, I had no idea who Blair Erskine was until Greg Bluestein retweeted one of her videos where she was making fun of our our favorite uh <laughs> puppy to kick no, which no, is you're, candace you're, taylor
0: your well okay well, my favorite puppy to kick is she who must not be named but um, <laughs> so, but, but she's but not yours. who she's not must be yes, named is, is
2: not a puppy candace taylor
1: is a puppy i mean we love, yeah we love kt on this podcast no doubt i
2: mean we i, I just i have a soft spot for for Candice hey. Taylor, not because I want to vote for her, because I think she's a serious candidate, but because of just how awesome her stupidity is. She and, is.
0: She is the twenty twenty two novelty. Look, we love. Yeah. We love Jesus.
2: We, we love, love guns. guns. We, love we love babies. I mean, what's you know? What I just don't want Jesus to give guns to my babies. That's all.
0: I'm, I love. I love guns. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, she's not trying to get your vote, Jason.
0: Fair
2: enough. <laughs> but she so. So Blair Erskine has this piece, you know, and I, and I, I tweeted out, Hey, I don't think Blair understands because she's making Candace more popular. <laughs> Candace went and raised a ton of money because Blair Erskine <laughs> attacked her this way. And frankly, the video wasn't a ton, funny, but a, right? you
1: know, maybe not a ton, but some, well,
2: relatively speaking, when you, when you, when your average weekly haul is a couple hundred bucks and then you raise tens of thousands, that's, yeah, a, that's a, you know, so that being said, this, the, the video that, the Erskine made was not all that funny and it it pumped candace up and sort of like a dangerous type of way in my opinion so i just pointed out hey look i don't think you understand that uh you're actually making her more accessible more popular and bringing attention to her and uh, blair screen decided to tweet back at me and attack me (laughs) and say (laughs) that that i uh, overestimated her power and as well as my own intelligence, to which I, I replied something along the lines of, bless your heart. And um, I also found that the source material is funnier than the video that Blair Erskine made. No, that's true. But it is, though. I mean, cause, because the Blair Erskine video is not funny at all. No. But anything that Candace Taylor puts out is absolutely hilarious. So, anyway.
1: Well, I mean, the other thing, the, the weird thing that's on Candace Taylor's bus. So, yeah, it says, it says guns, babies, Jesus. Right. And it says, I'm the one you've been waiting for, which
2: is also one of her slogans <laughs> in her commercial that we ran on the, the show. So I'm not surprised by that, but you're absolutely right to say that well, how arrogant must you be to say, I'm the one you've been waiting for. I am like Jesus because I am <laughs> what you've been waiting for. I am the second coming or the first coming of Candace Taylor. I don't know. Bottom line is it, all of it to me is humor. It's theater. It's yeah. entertaining. I don't take her seriously. I don't think the average voter takes her seriously. But when somebody like Blair Erskine uh, tries to score some cheap political laughs and fails, frankly, because she wasn't funny, it, it adds some level of exposure to her beyond our few hundred people that watch our podcast, right? So, and when we talk about her, it's like, ah, ha, ha, she's silly, funny, ha, ha, ha. We don't take her seriously. When she does it, she has this national audience who are like, "All right, the 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 evil lefty woke mob media people from California are trying to tell us what to do. Don't tell me what to do. I'm going to send Candace <laughs> teller a check just because Blair Erskine attacked her, and that's how it works in Georgia. Yep. And she didn't understand that. So fair enough.
1: Well, uh, no, that I, I mean, among the things I learned this week, in, in addition to the existence of a person called Blair Erskine, <laughs> is that uh, Bluestein Greg Bluestein said that she is written up in his forthcoming book as a person who was instrumental in turning georgia blue see this is
2: why I, you can't believe a damn word greg Bluestein says because there's no way the three of us who are plugged into georgia politics in a way that the average citizen is not didn't even know who she was until this week and greg's like saying oh she helped turned us blue yeah
1: i was Come today on, days old when i learned that blair erskine was More powerful than (laughs) Stacey Abrams and Georgia blue. Right. Right.
0: So uh, turning, turning our attention a little bit to the, uh, the, the primary for governor um, David Perdue has what some might call a gaffe. Another one. Yeah. This one is, you don't say this is pretty bad. So David Perdue has rolled out a new ad. that features him shaking hands with a police officer who was arrested for child pornography
2: grady sanford forsyth county chief deputy and was at an event where purdue was there and they used some stock footage of him shaking hands with this guy from this event now granted there were a lot of republicans at the event and the and the purdue campaign has tried to spin this as well marty kemp was at the event too. We had, the Kemp campaign didn't decide to put his video in a current campaign ad. And at the time he hadn't been charged with anything. He was just a guy in uniform with a badge. So the act of shaking the hand of this guy is not what is in question. Cause that's not, that's completely forgivable. Politicians and candidates shake hands of a lot of people. They have no idea who they are. Yeah. And, and, and it's natural to want, if you're a politician to thank the person wearing a badge and a gun for protecting our communities. And so that part, he gets a pass from, for me, but oh yeah, your campaign chose that after he had been arrested and charged with dist- distribution of child pornography, multiple counts. So cringe moment, man, totally cringeworthy. Yeah. And also par for the course for this campaign, all of the competent political operatives have signed up with other campaigns. And so he is, he's using some of the people who helped him before and we know what the result with that was because we have senator ossoff so yeah guys uh gotta knock you for this because you screwed up
1: again well it, it was also very i mean the, the the trying to drag in the first lady into this I, I that's that's really bizarre too because you want to make a dude mad especially uh a, a, a southern gentleman like brian kemp is is take a shot at his wife right and, uh, <laughs> that, that just ain't done <laughs> right
0: yeah um so scott scott had a had an interesting text to it this week this week uh, house bill 906 um which is a civil asset forfeiture reform bill dealing with uh off-road vehicles um it previously uh didn't have a requirement re- uh, for a criminal conviction but now it does and and although i don't know a whole lot about this bill but i i do know a lot about civil asset forfeiture because of my day job um you know civil asset forfeiture being what it is is basically legalized theft uh in in the state of georgia as well as the federal level government can take your property without securing conviction hell they don't even have to charge you um and that's a big problem in in georgia scott has has done um uh all work Yes, I said Allah. Um, uh, has I reject Allah's, that. Has done Allah's work. Okay, fine. Confucius. I uh, reject has that done, too. Uh, has done uh, <laughs> Zoroaster's work. Oh my gosh. Uh, and, 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 and trying to... That's uh, uh, <laughs> i going to
2: invoke Zool. I
0: I feel like
2: I need an exorcism.
0: Gozer's work. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and trying to change Georgia civilized forfeiture law to require criminal conviction. So Scott... Um, Uh, tell us a little bit about HB 906 and how the bill has been. I feel like
2: I need to start by saying that I accept the Lord and Jesus. Lord Jesus is my Lord and savior before I begin this. Uh, Wow. I'm going to go get another baptism. Um,
0: The power of Christ compels you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's,
2: it's odd that you should uh, use all that phraseology to start this because it is the, the Reverend pastor, uh, Randy Nix, who has brought this bill. Who uh, uh, Chairman Nix and I have uh, had had in the past. So I would describe it uh, charitably as a strange relationship. Frosty, um, baby. What's that? Frosty. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I think at one Chairman point Nicks. in time.
1: I know, uh, I know what you're saying.
2: <laughs> yeah. I, I, I feel like at one point, if he could have gotten away with killing me, he would have. Um, <laughs> but all of that to say, Randy Nix. Has been doing uh, very good work and listening to a lot of people, including some feedback that I gave in committee about his legislation, which yes. started out completely awful. As is like to do, a lot of ideas uh, that are trying to solve a problem they are not fully baked when they're introduced as legislation. So always give your legislator a, a pass on their first draft, and give use it as an opportunity to give them feedback. Chairman Nix was able to take that feedback from various groups, and this is what he's, he's put into uh, his bill. This is the substitute. It says, in any instance where an off-road vehicle is operated by a person who was arrested, charged with, and convicted of a violation of basically reckless driving or fleeing from police, the vehicle is declared to be contraband and subject to forfeiture. And then that forfeiture proceedings must be stayed pending the outcome of the criminal proceeding which is exactly what I've been trying to do on a broader scope yes. uh, for years and years and years. They do have one problem with proportionality because the maximum fine for the crimes here is $5,000. So if the off-road vehicle exceeds that value, they're going to have a TIMS uh, issue right. with uh, excessive fines. But in, the, in those instances where it's a $1,000 motorbike and they get caught, which they're likely to get caught, uh, that person could lose their their motorbike, but only after they're charged with and convicted of a crime, and that yeah. would be the first time civil so asset forfeiture in Georgia had any type of conviction requirement, and so I have mixed feelings about it, but I'm happy for, for that aspect. Uh, what I'm also excited about are, are first and foremost that the, the Prosecuting Attorney's council and the Sheriff's Association and the Police Chiefs Association are not fighting him on this. Yeah. That's good. They've accepted that, which they fought me tooth and nail when I had similar language on a broader scope. And they also are not fighting him on the stay language because the police in Georgia had, had told me it's impossible for them to wait till the, until the criminal proceedings are complete to dispose of the property because they don't want to incur the cost of storing or maintaining that property. Mm-hmm. But here it was it was a police officer from the police chief of LaGrange, Georgia, who brought this and said, we're willing to to stay in these cases. Yeah. Well, that's great. Go ahead and put that in there. Get it passed, put it in the law, and we'll use it as a launching pad for a bigger effort later.
1: Good news. Very good news. Hopefully it will spread throughout the law. Yeah, the I, 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 spread I, throughout Georgia code and, and, and everywhere. And if you
2: I, I don't think that chairman Nix watches the peach pundit podcast so if you're one of his colleagues let him know that game of good old pat on the back here <laughs>
0: which is which as, as as i'm sure he, still, but, he
1: won't believe it <laughs> yeah,
0: as, i was just about to say as i'm sure are those of you those of you who watch the podcast or listen to the podcast know uh is rare for scott he doesn't even give me or buzz a pat <laughs> on the back he just usually tears us down uh via text every single yes. day it's it's actually quite uh,
1: i i don't I,
2: these lies
1: are i'm filing suit chairman nick should feel sure. very blessed that scott has praised him so.
0: yes gozer gozer is smiling <laughs> upon him <laughs> 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 so so there's, been a, so there's been a lot of news this week so i caught a tweet this week from um from our good friend corey deangelis uh who uh, uh has been following school choice initiatives around the country. Uh, Oh,
2: there's some people mad at Corey DeAngelis under the gold dome.
0: (laughs) Corey is the director, uh, national director of research at school choice. Now he's also a adjunct scholar at the the Cato Institute, a senior fellow at the Reason Foundation. Uh, And and Corey is uh, his, his tweets are uh, uh, that have been pushing school choice are, are fairly notorious. He's picked up quite a following, um, uh, on on Twitter, almost ninety thousand uh, followers, uh, and he is uh, he is very good at his job um, in terms of keeping people up to date on what's happening with school choice. But he tweeted out something this week, and I'll read his tweet: Georgia House Speaker David Ralston killed a bill to fund students instead of systems, and he uses uh, in quotations here Republicans. Uh, close quote in the Georgia House got their feelings hurt because their constituents received mailers urging them to support school choice such a weak excuse to side with the monopoly. Um, And uh, he further said, well, he actually has a thread here so I'm not going to continue but he, he closed one of his final tweets. Uh, in, in said thread was he's up for re-elections, Georgia House Republicans need a new leader, um, which is not a way to win fans with the, the Speaker of the Georgia House. <laughs> no,
2: and and also we've seen the futility in trying to, you know, right. and that's just not the path.
1: So the question is- uh, As Corey is, uh, likes to tweet, he loves to tweet, this is the way that is not the way <laughs>
0: right, right. And, and and as as I've warned, many people whenever Georgia, whenever Georgia is mentioned in some sort of legislative initiative from like an outside group, I get these phone calls, and it's like, so what should we do? Should we pressure the speaker? I'm like, no, 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 no. he will <laughs> he will kill your bill and not think twice of it. Um, you know that that is not the way to win friends and influence people in the Georgia general Assembly. um that said house bill nine ninety nine um,
1: n h b sixty. In HB, HB sixty,
0: yeah. in HB sixty. So these two bills, um, it, it seems that they are dead, or are they? In the words of uh, the character from The Princess Bride, or are they mostly dead? Uh, I think that's 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 largely a, that's largely a question. So um, you know, uh, Buzz, I'm going to let you you kick us off here because I know uh, I know this is a um, school choice is a particularly big deal to you. Uh, mm-hmm. So why don't you why don't you kick us off here?
1: Yeah. So, and forgive me, I'm going to go on a little monologue here. Um, you know, got, I got to go back really to, to 2014 and I'll I'll be, I'll keep this brief. I won't, I won't take that. It won't take eight years to do this, but that's how long we've been working on this. People from the, Amer- uh, an, an employee of the American Federation for Children, who's not there any longer, came to me and said, how do we get the spe- Speaker Ralston's ear on this issue? And Scott sort of referenced earlier some of these close allies. At at that time, I said, look, you got to find there There were 25 people who voted for David Ralston for Speaker uh, who, in his race when he lost to Glenn Richardson. Many of those became his closest allies and his brain trust in the House. And so they went and found one, and that was Mark Hamilton, and in 2015, Mark Hamilton introduced the first ESA bill in the state of Georgia. We He got it to the Rules Committee and we were working hard and, and Mark, I, I remember it was sign, it was a crossover day. We were doing everything we could do. And I, I went up to Mark and I said, "What what's going on? He goes, I've played every chip I can play. We don't have the votes. And so that ended that year. Uh, then Re- Representative Wes Cantrell came and picked up the ball and he's been running with it his entire time. And he's got HB 60. And then this year he introduced HB 99, which are both similar, but just kind of funded differently. We were making great progress. There's a coalition of about 11 groups right now that are involved in working and advocating for these bills. And I just uh, point out
2: at this point, Buzz, that I'm not affiliated with any of those (laughs) groups in any way whatsoever. I just, that's an important point because of my criticism, but go ahead.
1: There's there's about 11 groups, uh, and we have all been doing various things to advocate for this bill. A lot of it attempting to generate... uh, get constituents to call their state representative, especially folks that we know are on the fence on this issue and let them know, Hey, when you get your call from your superintendent telling, threatening you, which they all get every year, that there are more constituents standing with you. If you will support this than the superintendent and his cronies who stand against you. And that was the attempt, unfortunately, tragically, stupidly, uh, American Federation for Children sent out a mailer, and I know Corey kind of, dis- you know, kind of downplayed it. Unfortunately, the mailer, uh, and it was in the AJC article because there, there was printed there, or a picture of it. It said had a picture of the representative, and it said your representative. Uh, th- this is essentially what the words were. I'm not quoting it exactly, but your don't let your representative stand with the liberals against school choice. On the backside is a picture of Democratic all-stars like Joe Biden and, and uh, others, Nancy Pelosi. Stacey Abrams. Yes. Don't let your representative stand with them. They are, you know, we we must support school choice. The
2: actual phraseology was, stand. tell your representative to stand up to them.
1: Yeah. So <clears throat> that's just a really bad tactic. That's not persuasion. That's an attack. And I think that's the problem here. That obviously angered. Because some of the people who got that were some uh, close allies of the speaker, they were the targets, and uh, and that set off the uh, uh, the chain of reactions that led to uh, Tuesday of this week. The speaker saying the bill is dead, telling his caucus that the bill is dead, and to him, in, in my I can't remember a time where this happening. The speaker going public and calling Greg Bluestein and saying, "Let me, I killed this bill. And let me tell you why." and um that's you know that's set off a whole bunch of things where now uh the speaker is getting hammered in in some national press national conservative press over this issue and it's it's just a big mess and i think you know i tweeted i and my head was spinning <laughs> my head's been spinning really since since friday when the when i started getting calls from legislators asking me what the heck i was doing and i said well what are you talking about and then this happened they you know, realized what was going on and said oh man Because uh, I think the the important thing here is, I mean, a couple of things we know. Speaker Ralston is very protective of his caucus, and in in his mind that's what he's doing. He's protecting his caucus from an outside group that has attacked some of his members. Therefore, he's taken this this step. I also know he's a guy who who is very savvy and understands politics and understands Uh, what's good and bad for his caucus. The politics of this issue outside of the gold dome haven't changed. It is still incredibly popular. And, you know, all of the things that we've talked about on this podcast, homeschooling numbers, number of people homeschooling, doubling charter school enrollment up 9% in the state of Georgia, Um, uh, private school enrollment up the 650,000 kids who are in schools that the state of Georgia says uh, by their own metrics are you D or F rated schools um, and 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 there are other bills under the dome that are that are a tri- trying to address this anger that parents feel this you know bans on CRT and the governor's got his his Bill of Rights that includes banning a mask mandate you can do that stuff none of that none of those bills that are left there address that core issue that parents are really, really upset about, about learning loss of their kids, and about how poll after poll after poll tells us that parents do not want uh, schools to go back to how they were before the pandemic. So I say all that to say, uh, the speaker's really mad. (laughs) There's no doubt about, madder than I could recall him, uh, him being. I mean, Scott and I have been there. He's killed bills before. He's come into our caucus meetings and said, you know, when, it, when an outside group did something and told us, well, they're, they're, forget about that. It's done. It's over. That's happened before. I've never seen him go public before. Uh, so that to me <laughs> indicates that he's really, really mad. But, I, you know, for, for the rest of us in this coalition, you know, what we're all trying to wrap our heads around, okay, this has happened. That bill's probably dead. The session isn't over yet um so i mean you know we know that you know zombie bills emerge uh frankenstein bills emerge where you piece together bills that were thought to be dead you know so how do how do we repair the damage that's been done and get back to that situation because i i really do believe we were we had the best chance passing an esa bill than we've ever had since mark hamilton first introduced this bill in 2015 and i know that's a long thing and I, I'm sorry for rambling on so uh, long but this well, is um it's really important to a lot of us and and I, as I tweeted this was a kick in the gut and yeah. we got how do we you know what what the rest of us are trying to figure out to do how to do how do we repair the damage that's done and get back to where we can do something great for kids in this state because it's important not just as a policy issue but the Republicans, this is a, oh, gosh, this is a winning issue. This is such a winning issue. Right. From the governor, for our, our candidates for governor, U.S. Senate, Congress, State House and Senate, this, this, there's a parents movement brewing in this country. It smashed Terry McAuliffe. It recalled three board members in San Francisco. And it's coming. It's in Georgia. They're getting, parents are getting organized. And they're going to smash somebody if, if they don't uh, help them.
0: So it's February 25th. What day are we at in the Georgia Georgia Legislature? Twenty.
1: Okay, 20. Um, yeah. So, 20. So, so crossover day is March 15th. So we got two weeks, two right? Weeks. Two weeks.
0: Yeah. Day 30 being crossover day. So Scott, uh, Scott, I'll let you. Yeah. Yeah. It, it,
1: this bill is dead,
2: and the only way it comes back is with divine intervention. It's like Lazarus. <laughs> you know, it's dead. It's it's rotting in the grave. It can come All back to real, life,
1: Scott. So we gotta we, we gotta start from there. <laughs> What's that? Zombies are real, so we need to keep that in mind. Uh,
2: no, zombies are not real. Um, <laughs> sorry, Walking Dead, but it it it's going to require divine intervention. We buzz. I've lived through this so many times where I've seen good policy, and I'm not talking for Buzz right now. I'm talking for Scott, the former state rep, who for eight years lived with this type of thing constantly, and it drove me crazy. Good policy dying because David Ralston got his feelings hurt you can look at this mail piece and the mail piece it it it's not oh. factually inaccurate but it was it was hamfisted it wasn't well done it was offensive it would have been offensive to me if my face was on there and you know it, and they have apparently have sent these mailers to some of the members who were voting for it mm-hmm. i got a call today from a pro school choice southern georgia legislator upset that somebody tweeted at him stop standing with Stacey Abrams when he had been traditionally voting for school choice measures. One of the few in that area, by the way. And he feels like, well, why am they attacking me? Mm -hmm. Because this type of feedback isn't, isn't helpful in the middle of a legislative session. If, if they had any inclination or any insight at all into Georgia politics, it would have known it would have backfired. It would have, it would have blown up. However, I would concede to you, if you wanted to debate me, you wanted to challenge me, you would say, Scott, this mailer was crude, it was poorly done, it was insensitive to the process, it was was garbage, it was unprofessional. I would concede all of that to you. I would say you win the debate. I'm not going to argue whether the mailer was good. But here's the question I would ask you. So what? So what? You have 600,000 kids stuck in underperforming schools. Which one of them do we need to get to apologize? Which, which person needs to go to David Ralston? Which 10-year-old girl struggling in her fourth grade math needs to go to David Ralston and say, I'm sorry? Which one? Can we find her? Because that's the person that you're hurting here. Now, you may think you're saving your caucus from a difficult vote. And I get it. That's your role. And that's your job. But the people are going to roll these, these members of your caucus This, this is not going away. This is not a threat. It's not quid pro quo. I'm not part of any of the organizations that are for this bill. I'm just passionate about making sure that parents have opportunities to send their kids to schools where they could survive and, and thrive and become productive citizens. What is happening here is not acceptable. You got your feelings hurt. So what you're a big boy. You can take it. I've seen you take more than this. The the speaker said this was the dumbest thing he's ever seen in his time in office. This is a man who presided over the chamber when one of his members brought a a bill that would allow sex offenders to loiter on school campuses. (laughs) And somehow this is dumber than that? I mean, my last year, one of his members tried to pass a a privilege resolution honoring Johnny's hideaway. And he (laughs) stopped it. And somehow... This is dumber than that. I come on. I understand the hyperbolic language that you think you need to use, but these are six hundred thousand kids in yeah. Georgia stuck in, think- in underperforming schools. Well,
0: let, let, me, so, let, me, wanted- let me let me let me, yeah, go let, ahead, let, just- let, me let me just say, um, yeah. I, I in in six and a half years of Freedom Works, um, I didn't really get a chance to work on school choice. I always. School choice issues. I always sourced it out to a to, a, to another staffer uh, mm. because I was so focused on higher level issues, um, and there was not there also wasn't the push that we're seeing uh, in states that we're, that we're seeing right now. Wow. Um, I am a product of both private and public school uh second and third grade I went to Mount Zion Christian Academy uh, I also went back to Mount Zion Christian Academy uh, for seventh eighth ninth and part of my tenth grade year before I switched to Eagles Landing High School in McDonough Georgia from which I graduated in 1999 um I was in a for those of you who know my background um uh my father died when I was 12. um my mom uh, did not have an income, and Mount Zion Christian Academy wasn't expensive. It wasn't an ex- it wasn't an expensive school. But when you have one income, yeah, my my father died about uh, um, uh, just a few weeks into my seventh grade year. Um, when you have one income, um, it helps to have some sort of Absolutely. help. Help. Mm-hmm. Um, by the time I was a freshman in high school, I had started working, I was 14 years old. I had started working at a Chick-fil-A in South Lake Mall in Morrow, Georgia, to help my mom pay for my education. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, at that time, minimum wage is about Mm $4.25. I was limited in the number of hours I could work each week because of my age. Um, I basically sat in the back at at Southlake Mall in the old food court filleting chicken all day long. For those of you who ever worked at a Chick-fil-A, you know exactly what I'm talking about.
1: Talking Um, about a dirty job there.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, no. uh, Yeah, not fun. Um, It is, and I realized that I am, uh, you know, of the three of us on this podcast, I am more progressive. Uh, particularly on social issues, on fiscal issues, I'm about as hard right as you can be. Um, but um, uh, this issue, um, this issue is one that just makes sense, and it is it is time uh, for, yes. pa- for parents to have con- control over uh, whether it's ESAs, whether it's school vouchers, whatever the case may be. Uh, it is time. Uh, and I'm sitting across from a, a guy, Aaron Brooks, who sent his son to a private school, and he would sit, he would agree with me uh, uh, as well. He is nodding uh, as, to, as if to say he agrees with me. Um, it is it is time for for parents in Georgia to have the choice of where their kids go to school, to have assistance uh, through ESAs to help with those costs, um, and it is unconscionable that. Not only Georgia has not done this yet, but is killing a bill. Uh, the 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 legislative, the, the Georgia General Assembly, specifically Speaker Rawson, is killing a bill that would uh, benefit uh, so many, so many families, who hundreds
1: not, of thousands who may not
0: be able to afford it otherwise.
1: Right. Yeah, and I think look, I think the the uh, I, I took us back to 2014, 2015 for a reason. There's been an evolution. There's been a, a an increased understanding among Speaker Ralston and the House leadership that what you said is right, and that Je- uh, Jason and Scott that the it's time to do this. And uh, so the, the the challenge now is we we had a member of our our coalition who went rogue and and did this that created really I mean if you read the article and parse the you know look at the speaker's words what he was saying was. This turned members against who who, who were intended to vote yes or were leaning yes against the bill, and therefore the bill doesn't have the support. So the bill's dead. So, uh, yes, you y- you've got to you can you can you can hate the game, but you got to play it. And David Rawson is Speaker of the House, he's going to be tomorrow. He's going to be next year. Dave, there's only two reasons that David Ralston will no longer be Speaker of the House: either Democrats take over the legislature, or De, or Speaker Ralston decides he's had enough and he wants to go back to Blue Ridge and spend his time up there. He's going to be Speaker until then, so you got to play by his rules. And his uh, and his rules are you don't attack his caucus, <laughs> and that's so. So that's the challenge that the rest of us in this coalition face right now: is how okay. That happened uh i can't control what that organization did or does um i've met corey twice corey deangelis i can't control what he tweets and what he doesn't tweet uh i can try but it ain't, it ain't gonna happen i can't control what the washington examiner writes they wrote a pretty uh, a harsh article i can't control what forbes uh magazine does well, they wrote an article about that i can't none of us can control all that so given all that, what do we do? And I, and that's kind of where we're at because I think the speaker understands the policy is good and uh worthwhile and would be a political win. It's just now and, and I, I think that's what's unusual about him going public with this. Now it's uh he can't re- it, it's hard for him to reverse course uh because he's he's publicly said uh that and and so I I don't know. I mean I think you know Allow me to be to...
2: Moses, Mister Speaker. Yeah. <laughs> Let my people go.
1: Yeah, and I, I think he gets that, and I, I think he understands that. And the thing he, under, he under, he's he's a a very savvy political guy. He he understands the politics of this issue, and so, you know, I I don't know. We're we're, we're um, he's proclaimed the bill dead. I, I I've been say... around. I've been around long enough to know that nothing is ever really dead until until uh, signy die happens until they gavel out on at the end of signy die so i'm going to continue to be the happy warrior on this thing and and uh whatever i can do uh to try to um to make it happen i'm going to keep doing sadly this is wes cantrell's last year in the legislature because he's he's committed himself to term limits and um don't ever do that folks
2: definitely do that folks
1: <laughs> no, no but uh so don't, Wes, don't, you know, don't
0: surrender before the, you're legally required yeah. to surrender that's what i always say
1: so if this if the if we can't get it done this year then we'll be back next year but we got to find another champion because west can't trail west can't and i think Wes has he has not lashed out at the speaker he has not you know west is the ultimate happy warrior he's he's been doing it he has worked harder than i've ever seen a legislator work on this issue and that's part that's a big reason why we were this close until this happened to getting this done out of the House. The Senate, because of various things is much easier to get it through the Senate um which is part of the strategy of doing it in the House that we've been working on these last two years because uh, that's where the most work needed to be done to win people over but uh I you know it's uh it's frustrating, and my head was still spinning and you know but I'm not giving up. I'm Going to pick myself up, dust myself off, and get back to work for the kids because oh, uh, that's what's important. And well, to, there ch- is a- to,
0: to channel to channel Ronald Reagan, Mister Speaker, tear down this wall.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that applies to a lot. Uh, there is another option, unfortunately, and I, you know, I'm loathe to even talk about it. And that is, there are going to be something like 30 new members in the majority caucus next year. And so, you know, of your two options, the Democrats take over, the speaker decides to hang it up. Um, the third option is there are 30 new members who are funded by American Federation for Children who get elected. Uh, I'm not saying that that's what I want. I'm not advocating for that, but it is a potential political yeah. reality that will have to be dealt with if it does occur. And, and at this point is an option. There, we have three months until May 24th. Not a lot of people have uh, announced any type of primary challenges. We're going to have a lot of open seats, a lot of open seats. And I, I believe there are organizations out there today, based upon what the speaker has said publicly, they're going into those communities trying to find some school choice champions.
1: Well, and it's that important. I've got no comment on that, but I'll just—I <laughs> think my earlier prediction re- still stands in my mind. Dave Rawlson's going to be there as long as he wants to be there. Um, yeah, I, I think that's the, most, to, likely. I think that the to, most likely. Until he's ready to pull a Saxby Chambliss and sit on his back porch and drink bourbon, uh, he's going to be there.
0: <laughs> and let me let me just go out, go, just venture off and, and say one thing. Uh, anybody who knows Buzz Brockway knows that he is a happy warrior. And, um, and right. really, truly cares uh, uh, about doing what's best for for Georgia and for for uh, the the children of, of parents who simply want choice. Um, I certainly hope, Buzz, that um, that we're eventually successful in in, in this endeavor, and uh, I hope that. Uh, the mistakes of one don't fall on you because anybody who knows you knows that you don't play the game like that
1: right well look i i look uh i got chewed out by some of my former colleagues they weren't really mad at me uh but you know they they were venting frustration and it's, it's a couple of them were people who i'm not going to name names because there were some private conversations but a couple of them were who were helping wes and working hard on it and, and they're just expressing frustration but yeah. the speaker has not directed anything at me and and i hope that he understand. I, I think he knows me well enough to know that none of you know uh, me. I would never send out a mail piece like that. The organization I work for, George sent out for opportunity. One of the reasons I work there is because that they would never send out a mail piece like that. That's just not how we do things. Uh, I think we,
2: but, as candidates for office, know what that feels like. You know, to open oh, your yeah. mailbox
1: and see a hit piece. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's horrible, and we wouldn't do that to our former colleagues. You know, yeah. I, I wouldn't yeah. do that. I didn't do that when I was a state rep. I never sent out negative mail piece or anything about any of my opponents. So it's just dumb what they well, did. And,
0: and not to not to mention, I mean, there there have been folks who served in legislation legislature in the past who were coordinating with some outside groups on on gun rights legislation, if I recall. And uh, you know, it 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 was a source of ire. And you guys yeah. know you guys know how that feels feels because you felt you felt like you were being targeted when you actually agree with the policy
2: Georgia gun owners. Yeah. That's a yep. great example. Yep. Georgia yep. Gun owners would threaten send threatening emails and then they would yep. send out to their, their members email list to, to tell us to stop being Nancy Pelosi as an yep. example, right? Not effective, not not effective.
0: Not effective. And, and there are better ways to get, to get the result you want. But right. at the end of the day, Georgia's parents and, 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 Students who who are in underperforming schools who simply want a good education are are the victims mm-hmm. of of petty partisan or petty politics I should say so um, but I just wanted to speak some nice words about Buzz here because I know Buzz and I've known Buzz for a long time going on going on twenty years now and i uh, I i i've actually remarked to people i've never seen buzz angry um and (laughs) i know buzz truly is a happy warrior and no one can i hope i certainly hope no one faults you and and that's all i wanted to say so yeah um, make
1: me all misty-eyed here man this is a a tender moment on the peace button thank you jason appreciate you appreciate you saying that i I
0: hate scott with a passion (laughs) and just to break up the the, the we all do the fest. <laughs> i just want to make sure i said that um, yeah you know. so what so, uh, <laughs> that, that, that is all the time that is all the time we have this week on the beachfront podcast we'll see you next week hope you have a good rest good weekend since we're recording here on friday and we'll see you uh in what wednesday next week so peace out have a good one and uh, go dogs
1: later dudes go jackets